but yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you straight up, Kelly Sue, even before we yeah. start officially recording, what is it that you're not loving about the show? Okay, so I I rewatched again. I'm sorry, are you sure you want to do this before we start recording? Well, I figure worst case scenario, it'll. Yeah, you know, I mean, if it comes up again during the recording. Oh, okay. I mean, we can we can wait. We can wait. We can wait. I don't really. Well, care. I mean, like, I can talk about it now. I can talk about it later. Let's, <laughs> let's, yeah, let's talk about it in official capacity. Yeah, it's Virgo season, so Lisa's on it. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I well, not sorry. Listen. <laughs> Welcome to that episode. Was we are popsicle. In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Season 1, Episode 1, A Shadow of the Past, in which we cover hundreds and hundreds of years of history in one class session. (laughs) This series was developed by J.D. Patrick and Patrick McKay, who also wrote the first episode. It was directed by J.A. Bayona. And before we start, of course, the spoiler warnings, you know, that exist at the beginning of every that episode was uh show it you know that applies here we're going to spoil all of the things in episode one so if you have not seen it please go do that then come back to us and join the conversation i would like now to introduce my lovely co-host starting with kelly sue milano our ascending even star and noble elven princess wow (laughs) yay that's (laughs) today the role of Liv Tyler will be played by. Yes. You may give away your immortality at the end of the show and go to sleep. That's fine. Fantastic. <laughs> Next, we have Lisa K. Weber, the shield maiden of artistic beauty. She is no man. We love her. I am um, woe man. <laughs> you are a woe Hi. man. Hi. Oh, thanks. You are a shield maiden. Yes. Next, we have Justin Penniston, our mayor of Hobbiton, holder of all of the lore. He is our hobbit. The Red Book of Westmarch. That is one tall hobbit. That is one tall hobbit. <laughs> That's fine. They accept all kinds in Hobbiton. It's fine. I love it. And, of course, Philip Kelly, our Istar, our wizard of podcasts, of production, and friend of hobbits, by the way. Do you notice how I did that? I put you, like uh-huh. you and uh-huh. Justin, just are, you know, looking out for each other. It's good. And last but not least, I am Claire Thorne, the one ring that binds us all in the darkness, <laughs> at least for this episode. So I am adding the rising evening star to all of my social media bios. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That does definitely work. So episode one, The Rings of Power, we um, are introduced with many introductions to 
all of the things I presume are almost all of the things. And, you know, I'm not really going to dive very heavily into any themes myself. If, you know, anything's hitting you hard at this point, um, be sure to bring it up. But I just kind of want to walk us through everybody we meet um, and just get everyone's reactions to what they've seen, who they've met. If we think we're, you know, getting all of this pulled together um, in one episode, um, amazing. Anyway, so, you know, we start with the ever instructive Galadriel giving us the lowdown um, as we do, you know, for the next few thousand years. So um, we're in Valinor with a young Galadriel. We move to Middle Earth. We are, it is explained how, you know, the, the elves and the, the trees are destroyed by Morgoth and, and the elves must go to Middle Earth and do battle and things look really, really apocalyptic-y in Middle Earth in those moments. Uh, we have huge battles. We've got all the orcs and the scary flying things and dragons and eagles and death and destruction. And then, you know, Galadriel grows up enough to go on, you know, a little hunt on her own. We meet her brother Finrod, who's pretty hot. Sadly. <laughs> I mean, he's really good looking, but you know, we nope. he's just not around for very long. Um <laughs> finally landing, you know, in Linden, which appears to be the Washington, DC of Eldom, and we where we find Elrond and I guess politics. So we'll start with the elves and thoughts, impressions. Justin, I'm gonna turn to you first because I think out of everyone here, maybe you're the most Lord of the Rings nerdy. It's quite possible that I'm the biggest Lord of the Ring nerd, ring Lord of the Rings nerd of the group. Yes, that's probably yes. true. Um, my least favorite thing about the Peter Jackson films Ooh, is wow. opening with the voiceover and like truncating all this history, and it's also my least favorite thing here. Um, hmm. however, that's like over in five minutes and it's like, you know, my, and, and it's not that bad. And at least they maintain that sort of continuity. There's this interesting connective tissue between Peter Jackson's work and the Amazon show, you know, and they're not afraid. They're not afraid to hew to a lot of the design elements, mm -hmm. um, the fell beasts that the Nazgul ride. And that we see in battle here in this opening sequence are the exact same design, you know. And um, why not have that same character do the introductory voiceover, you know, Galadriel? Um, in my second viewing, I felt like we spent too much time at first in that first like third of the episode with following Galadriel and the elves. Um, but I think you kind of need that, especially for newer viewers, people who are kind of coming to this cold. Um, I really enjoy with Galadriel how she is clear, clearly a younger and angrier version of the character from the original from the trilogy, but she still seems ancient in her way. You know, she still—I mean, she definitely talks to Elrond like 
you know, you're cute, but I've been around since before there was a sunrise, you know, and <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's pretty powerful stuff. I, I dig it. And I think uh, Morford Clark is doing a really good job portraying a younger yet still ancient Galadriel. I think mm -hmm. that's really kind of cool. Um, this is the only part of the, of maybe the first two episodes really with substantial action you know where they fight where she fights the snow troll um i liked how it feels like it's a part of what peter jackson did but i also like that it's giving us a bunch of new shit you know and i think that really that all worked for me as a, as a middle earth nerd but also as someone who doesn't need to be slavishly tied to the events and the and you know portrayals in the books mm -hmm. i am very pleased i feel this feels like middle earth to me this feels like tolkien um i'm gonna dig briefly into theme and i'm gonna stop and that's simply <laughs> i think i think that tolkien's work is about community it is about home it is about being a part of a community and remembering to be a part of a community but it's also about knowing when you have to leave home and go out to the wider world and that community is more than just you know a matter of geography or even race it's about people with you know who are of like mind about people who care about the same things it's about people who you know have the same values or morals and ethics and i think that's at the heart of tolkien's work you know um and i feel very strongly that we're getting that here so i'm pleased so far see i knew you were our hobbit i was so correct <laughs> yeah philip me Oh, yeah, uh, Kelly Sue looked like she wanted to speak. Oh, I was just going to say, oh. I think we can just, we can wrap it up now. I think <laughs> gotcha. Perfect. I think we nice. can just sort of, thanks for listening. Covered everything. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, me? No, I thought, um, I mean, it's hard for me to disagree with a lot of what uh, Justin was saying. Like, I feel like there is a visual component to this that it feels like you're stepping back into Peter Jackson's films. Well, also there's this sort of deliberate, pacing that feels more token in in the way the story is being told um where it's it's not necessarily uh um dry in its telling uh because it's more like it's very visual here it's very lush and vibrant um but it's definitely allowing us to sort of fall into this place uh and, and it's taking its time with that which i appreciate um as far as the elves go there's uh it's uh yeah there there are a few different like i mean we're, we're splitting the conversation of the elves here because we obviously have the you know these elves and then we have the soldiers out in uh you know other territories which is a very different conversation i think um but as far as these elves go the political side of this uh it, it's really easy to see how the world we're living in now how uh, it's i mean it's influencing the story obviously like there's so many influences that i kind of see like not only is this like a story you know taken from tolkien written at that time and and yes there are certainly influences there but also like when we see that sort of symbol of uh sauron it's uh uh you know kind of pop up at different places throughout this episode i mean it feels like you're digging in to somebody's old stash and finding like a nazi symbol or the confederate flag you know what i mean 
and it's like oh god fuck like evil like this stuff is still people are just keeping the shit in their closet waiting for the right time to bring it out and that is very apparent in in how they're approaching the story which i love and and the whole political sort of thing that's going on with uh, galadriel and elrond and the king in this first episode um sweeping it under the rug almost as it were uh, this complacency among the elves i find to be really interesting uh you know we we were seeing a younger version of this community of elves and what we see in the lord of the rings if that makes sense um uh so I, yeah i'm finding that very interesting about this first episode kelly sue hmm okay so <clears throat> i did a initial watch and at first i was like okay you know not everything is for me not everything is gonna be a home run in my eyes right i loved lord of the rings i'm not like a intense lord of the rings nerd um but i loved those films i loved them very much um and i really really vibed the most with the elves um so on my first watch i was like why is this not hitting it for me i'm not sure it was beautiful to look at um the music is stunning um so i did another watch and i was thinking okay i think i i i think i actually maybe loved lord of the rings more than i thought <laughs> because <laughs> i was like um i love Hugo weaving is Elrond so deeply that it was difficult for me to be like, oh, it's not him, <laughs> you know? Um, and I also, you know, I, one of the things that I loved so much about the Kate Blanch Blanchett um, Galadriel, which again, this is, it's 3000 years later, maybe even later than that, when we actually meet her in, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, um and she has all of this like she has an air of softness and i understand this is a young version of galadriel she's pissed off she's traumatized she's angry and determined and i'm like i friggin love it when she puts the thing through the troll's head i was like that's badass but there was a part of me that was like I wish that we would have been treated to a little bit more of that sort of sense of reverence that I felt in the character as portrayed by Kate Blanchett in the in the Peter Jackson stories. Even just a little bit, like just mm -hmm. to see that like there's that 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 again, it's like a sense of of reverence and softness that can be what she's fighting for does that make sense true you um, are maybe you, it's gonna like come this is a hundred percent like the same kind of the same kind of feeling I had because I also had to like go in and examine why it wasn't hitting me right yeah. and yeah. It, I kind of like in regards to Galadriel I kind of came it's it's alarming how similar I mean it's not alarming anymore we have the same brain whatever but yeah. um <laughs> but that it's like I mean we haven't talked about this before now and you're mm -hmm. saying exactly what I wrote down in my notes which is that 
what is missing for me from this version of Galadriel is vulnerability. Yeah. Like exactly. that, that tortured badass is like, it's, we love mm -hmm. it, right? Like totally. it's a trope that we, that we enjoy watching, but if yeah. you're not balancing it with that softness, with mm -hmm. that vulnerability, it mm -hmm. becomes very off-putting and there's no way in for me to the character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. you know, this is just, these are just like the first couple episodes. So like, obviously there's plenty of room for this to develop, but yeah. I'm just like, if we're talking about initial mm -hmm. reactions, that yeah. was my initial reaction yeah. after watching that, the first episode. I yeah. love that the conversation is settled on Galadriel and how she's being portrayed like right out of the you know, because Justin kind of started off with that conversation as well. And I haven't watched the second episode yet. Um, but just in this episode, I walked away from it thinking, oh, this is going to be very, very interesting when I watch Lord of the Rings the next time. Because mm -hmm. when we have that scene yeah. um, in Fellowship of the Ring where she thinks about taking the one ring and yeah. does her, you know scary you know blue face thing i, I think <laughs> i think that's going to start to feel like a callback to this young galadriel who yeah. who as you're you're saying has not learned yet that sense of of uh quiet inner strength right that you're talking about and i'm i'm hoping now that we've all said all of these different things what i hope is that the story arc for Galadriel in this series is her coming learning that to be okay with that vulnerability and and learning to to cope with things in that just very um mature like you know just wise woman way there's she she needs to come to a point of wisdom yeah that I think she doesn't have yet because she's reacting mm -hmm. and she may be she may be correct for reacting you know we also have all of these other you know dudes elven dudes who are like oh we're done we're good let's you can know. i also just say there were like three distinct elf characters that all looked exactly the same yeah. like they were all like brown haired like boyishly faced men with square jaws and tiny chins yeah. and I was like it's weird and their mm -hmm. eyes were all a little too far apart you know what I mean it was totally like odd how much they all looked because I'm like I know that wasn't intentional Lisa. but you just happened to cast three actors that look exactly the same to play three different roles Lisa <laughs> Lisa has gotten the smuggled copy of the casting notes for Rings of Power um and is sharing that with us oh well, my goodness and I'm also I mean again this is not this has nothing to do with the actors they're all lovely people um, <laughs> but i'm out here being like this what was the budget for the show a billion dollars something like right? that, something like that? I, 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 think it's, I think it's like half a billion but half yeah billion. No, something that's insane, insane. Like oh my god that's insane jeff bezos amount of money right yeah <laughs> like what he made overnight yeah. god damn wigs what needs <laughs> to happen? What <laughs> needs to happen? 
when I saw the Elf King, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Mm-mm. I'm actually, I'm starting to be like. It's I'm, a wig I'm conspiracy. To like, do, do I need to start taking this personally? Like, do you think <laughs> that I'm just not going to notice? <laughs> yeah. Like, here's the thing. If you don't want it, because I get it. Like, human-haired wigs are in legitimately the tens of thousands of dollars, especially for the types of wigs that they would need for the show. But I'm also like this. Can we CGI it? <laughs> it's so distracting i hate that i have to be this person that's like okay well well no i love that your thing is wigs I you're on I, wig watch I and cannot, you're like these fuckers i cannot wigs. like lessen the importance of what kelly sue is saying because a bad oh wig God. is the first thing that will destroy a show for, for me yeah Hello, elrond Arrow. is a second offender by the way <laughs> Well, speaking of wigs and hair and things, we should probably move to uh, a little farther into Middle Earth and uh, talk about our cute little Harfoots, um, oh. who are masters of, like, they could have taught PETA a thing or two in <laughs> Hunger Games. I'm just saying, they know they know how to be stealthy and hide. We meet Nori and Poppy and Sardok and you know things are getting a little suspicious for them you know they're they're right up on the you know noticing when things are not you know mm. the norm so yes. i'm gonna you know just go back to lisa and uh ask her you know what do you think of our little harfoot community i loved the harfoot community <laughs> like after spending all the time with the elves where i'm like whatever like <laughs> So snooty, so like whatever. This is Um, why nobody likes you. Like, get over yourselves. And then, like, that whole thing kicking off with like the the human dudes with like the giant antlers that they were wearing that was fucking rad but then it was like as they walk off and it's like this tiny little hobbit is like okay they're gone and then the whole like pop-up town Uh that was cool I was like, this is so magical and charming, and my heart is warm for this section of what's happening. I thought you were going to say, my heart is warm for once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, savage. Savage. And I'm like, oh my god. So glad you didn't say that. <laughs> I was going to. That's weird. <laughs> I'm going to interject with a like, not my hot take, but I, just a question to pose to the group because Lisa mentioning these two humans with the big antler horns as they're walking through the the Twitter sphere, the the Lord of the Rings social media verse or whatever, oh. kind of lit up a little bit with theories about who those two dudes are. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the theories is that they're the blue wizards. Justin, help me. No, I don't think they are either, but that was one of the There's theories. No, no. Do you feel like they were just dudes, Amazing. just like men, or do you think they yes. are significant characters? No, of some they're, just, they're okay. just big folk. All right, good. That's all. I just need to, you know, no. move that on. was that was perfect, Justin. That was yeah. Perfect. Yes, thank you. 
Justin, how, are these? No, they're not. <laughs> that's how we handle uh, nerddom. You want to see? You want to see this show lose me really fast? Let them be the two, as yet, you know, their names only revealed in the deepest, darkest of Tolkien's notes. Members of the Astari. That would be horrible. Those are the two blue wizards. The yeah. two blue wizards that yes. like, yeah, but there's a lot of theories that they're going to be in this. Oh, well, you know, the internet's going to theorize. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they are. Absolutely. Because we're dealing more with the, the internet to be like, let's find the deepest possible Tolkien cut. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, look, I want, I mean, I, this is skipping ahead, but I was desperately hoping that the stranger, the guy, the meteor man, mm. yeah. is one of the two miss is one of the blue wizards. That's what I was desperately hoping. Well, because, wait a minute. I thought so. Are we going to talk about that now, or should we wait? I mean, we should well, well, maybe I, is, is that next I'm, episode? Mostly, I'm the one, no, it's this no, episode. no, no. It's this well. episode. I was going to wait until the end, um, okay. but I have now pulled us into this like you know nitpicky, nerdy discussion of like who do we think these people are. So I think it's a fine time, Justin, to to entertain thoughts of who we think this meteor man is because he's clearly going to be interacting with the Harfoots with Nori. Okay, like, right off the bat. Is the meteor man not Gandalf? Well, I'm going to tell you. I, I don't want to get too far ahead because the clues, there are clues in the next episode oh. that suggest that he could be Gandalf, that suggest he could be Saruman, oh, and that suggest that he could be even, and even a clue that he could be Radagast the Brown. I don't know yeah. who the third guy is. He's he's another wizard. He's like... what? He's the only other wizard to actually get mentioned in the Lord of the Rings books. Yeah, huh. um, he's he's he like has a he's, really brief appearance. He's, he's a contemporary of Gandalf, but he's like if Gandalf right. went out and just really did too much weed, like really did too much weed, and started to live like in the earth, like. Cool. Just like become a bird. Grow on him. Yeah. yeah, like just like he's he's trying to become something in nature. Rad- Radagast the Brown is like the wildlife wizard. He is right. like all into plants and animals, like yeah, in a big big way. Okay, so the, he's, oh, the no, ground is a, is not what I'm thinking of is the next episode. So yeah, I won't bring that up. But I the second that I saw him in the thing, I was like, oh, of course, Gandalf was born out of a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> well gandalf's whole thing is fire fire is his whole yeah. motif so for him to appear in fire yeah i mean that seems pretty sp- except that i would not expect gandalf to have been the first of the astari to arrive i would have expected to be saruman um got it and there are other hints you know but we'll and talk about saruman it. Is also kind of a fire guy right well he's just pure he's just i think of him as more like I'm just the magic man. He's all about knowledge and he's, there, he's somebody yeah. from an Elton there, John song. There is, I was gonna say a heart song, but okay. Heart song. <laughs> so, there, yeah, it's a heart song. <laughs> there is a line of dialogue that occurs just before we start seeing uh this sort of meteorite person fall from the sky. And we hear that line uh, uh that a stone cannot float line just before yeah. we see the meteor mm-hmm. fall from the sky. Mm-hmm. And I, hey. I mean, immediately that's I mean that's kind of on the nose telling perhaps perhaps well, when i when they were like because i knew something weird was going on with the ship and going to valinor and all that i was like mm, i think y'all just got played yeah so oh, then yeah. when i saw the meteor i was like 
are they launching a meteor at these people to like wipe them out right now? <laughs> that's what I thought too. That's totally what I thought was happening too. Yeah. Yeah. I, obviously I knew she's going to jump ship literally yeah. and figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> I was really impressed at how the sound of the impact of the meteor completely lined up with the sound of with her diving into the water mm -hmm. like that yeah was pretty, that was some good cutting yeah, yeah editing that was really good show is editing. Really, really really fantastic phenomenal. yeah i have to say i did not feel like lost in the string of what was happening at any point i don't think yeah which is nice um now can i return to the harfeet the harfoots for just yes, a moment you are of them so please go ahead um and i just want to say that the biggest flaw with tolkien's books mm is that there's really only two female characters worth a goddamn in the entire trilogy. <laughs> and that's Galadriel, who appears in two scenes, mm -hmm. and and um, Eowyn, the shield maiden, our lovely Lisa K. Weber. Um, <laughs> and, like, this show, if, if this franchise desperately needed warm-hearted, sweet, inquisitive adventurous girl hobbits it needed it, we needed those characters in the worst way who are not just bartending because we no, love rosie no, no. but that's fine like girl hobbits who genuinely get into some shit do you know what i'm saying and nori and poppy have the absolute potential to be my favorite characters like absolutely mm -hmm. They're not there yet. I have a favorite character and it's not them, but they're really, I love them. I love them. Um, I, I'm crushing on Poppy. That's after, really like... <laughs> I was going to say, after episode two, I was hardcore team Poppy. <laughs> no, oh, same. Like, listen, girl, I really feel you right now. <laughs> Adorable. I love you. Yes. Well, and Some I love the... There was, it was, I mean, really kind of throughout, honestly, these first two episodes, um, the harf, do we say harfeet? Harfets? I think it's harfoots, but I, I, I like harfeet. The harf, <laughs> harfeeties. Um, <laughs> that doesn't, so sweet. So darling. I loved all of it. Um, but in those, in, in those sections and really throughout, um, I'm, ha I'm really struggling with some of the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> um get that it's magical and i get that it's a different plane of existence and i get that everybody has to speak differently because these are very different people um but i i have a hard time with high fantasy stuff where they lean on language that's like overly flowery um or overly affected because I'm like, you're giving me the magic. Like I'm feeling it. I'm really getting the magic in the visuals. I'm getting it in the performances. I'm getting it as I say yes to being in this world. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like, we need this dialogue to sound magical or sound, uh, it needs to sound elven or whatever. Does that make sense? Um, and so there were sections where I was like, is it going to be like this the whole time? It's not, thank goodness. Because once we got into this, once I saw the second episode, I was like, oh, okay, this is really starting to kind of even out a little bit. But um, it's something that I that I 
for whatever reason, has always kind of been a little scratchy for me watching high fantasy stuff. Um, it, it, it even happens a little bit in um, even The Witcher, where there are often times where I'm like, listen, I get it. You're magical. <laughs> some weird stuff has gone down. And this is very not where I am from or where I live. And this is a fantastical place. It, I don't feel that I have to also, that it also needs to be illustrated overly in the way that people talk to each other. Agreed. Yes. So that's a long-winded way of saying, the dialogue bugged me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's good to get the full, honestly, it's good to get the full reason why, as opposed to yeah. just, I appreciate that more than just the dialogue bugged me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. I get you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I'm the guy. I literally grew up reading those books. Like those books were my formative books. So like that highfalutin language that you know, and and weird ass metaphors and expressions. I mean, and they are. You know, like I I eat that shit up. Do you know what I'm saying? It, does it make sense? No. Do I have, do I fault do I fault anybody who's like this shit's weird and I don't love it? No, I don't. I don't. I have great affection for it though. I love it. <laughs> and listen, it's one of the reasons why I read the Lord of the Rings the one time and I was like, great. Yeah, that my history with reading Lord of the Rings started and ended pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> because I couldn't I get read the Hobbit the... when I was in like sixth grade. I read it like three times. I loved it so much. And then it was like, I don't know, I was 13, 14, and I was like, well, let me try reading Lord of the Rings. And I was like, nope. (laughs) It is, yes, it is a tougher read, no doubt. It is. Well, it was all just like this person's name and their family history. And then we have a paragraph of forward motion, and then it's this character's name and their life history. And I was like, I didn't know I was signing up to read the Bible here. And now we shall have a song. I would, yeah, now we, and now we shall all sing. And now um, we're going to have a feast. I, uh, which is, is why I also loved the the Lord of the Rings movies because I was yeah. like, oh, this is it's all action. It's great. <laughs> Growing up in a household that read the Bible every single night for like an hour. Um, I was like, just I'm triggered. <laughs> I, no, no, I, I, I was grateful when I got to Lord of the Rings and I'm like, oh, somewhat like the Bible. But it's it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) to the actual. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. If you're enjoying this conversation, you are in luck because we are also currently talking about Netflix's The Sandman. And this fall, we will begin our long-awaited deep dive into David Lynch and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks with our throwback podcast series, That Gum You Like. And you should always keep your eyes out for more pop-ups. So for all those updates and all things Popsicle, follow us at PopsiclePod on all social media. Join our mailing list on our website, PopsiclePod.com, for all the latest news and announcements. That's PopsiclePod, P-O-P-S-K-L-P-O-D. Before we end up, you know, talking or we finish off talking about um, the episode itself, 
in this detail. Um, we need to go further into the Southlands, which I am so excited that we are actually in the Southlands and it's no longer just like this uh, random place where mystery people show up to fight for Sauron. You know, I'm really excited to like actually learn about this area. Um, but we have, we have Erendir and Bronwyn who are arguably our representation of the elf slash human sexy times um thank goodness yeah um and also we've got a bit of this like political thing going on um where you know Aaron Deere is clearly um with a group of elves who are occupying this region and now they're trying to you know kind of figure out like how to pull the troops out kind of thing so yeah how sexy did you think Aaron Deer was <laughs> anybody can take it listen I it. was for it because up until that point I was also like one of the things I loved about the Lord of the Rings is that there was a little bit of an edge right there was some sexiness going on in Lord of the Rings, even if it wasn't just like overt sex or romance or whatever. There was even a if lot it was like if it was just Aragorn. Yeah, Vigo is Vigo is sexy. Vigo brings Legolas. it. Every, he can't not a, bring it. Vigo, you yeah. just can't. Yeah. Um. So when this happened, I was like, oh. she's rubbing her hands. Once delicious. again, I like together. cannot. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't talked about this before this recording because <laughs> uh oh what I was I wrote the same exact fucking thing down where I was like where's the sex appeal I was like I need a little bit more sexiness in my high fantasy yes. I literally wrote that in my notes and I, as as you said I'm not just talking about like oh sexy people doing sex oh. I mean like the that edge. kind of like edge and danger that's ah. like yeah yeah I, i'm like yeah you know <laughs> and i think it's coming we had it we had it a little bit yeah. and it, yeah. certainly in the, the relationship with bronwyn and it's you know i was like this oh mm -hmm. i'm sorry yeah. a forbidden romance yes. <laughs> yeah. but i was also like okay this is probably like and maybe this is the again as the show unfolds it is probably gonna make hopefully it's gonna make more sense <laughs> that's the idea one hopes yeah <laughs> but I, I was like oh we're coming into the story like during a lull mm. quote unquote a lull right they're there and they're like oh well you know we haven't really seen an orc around here in a while it's getting pretty boring i guess you better <laughs> yeah go home or whatever everybody's like galadriel great job Go back to your maiden lands, motherlands, not maiden lands. So maybe that's what it's about. But um, I was stoked, and I loved, um, I loved Bronwyn. I loved the whole setup of that, and uh, yeah, that dude is not terrible to look at. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, they drop this right in the middle of their relationship. You know, they've known each other; they're not just seeing oh. each other for the first time, and that can be kind of dicey because, but. I think they did a really good job of just like from the first moment, like of them, like looking at each other <laughs> and uh, not even saying anything. We're like, Oh yep. Chemistry. Got it. What, what does good. he say? I, I have said 
some I've said the same thing a hundred times without using words. Oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's uh I wish somebody would look me intensely in the eye and say that. I well, I also love how she's like <laughs> everybody in the town is like girl. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> I don't know like, what you're talking knows. about. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> he's like seriously you guys stop it and they're like you stop it <laughs> although i was a little i really did want to say a little bit to him after he said that which i fully appreciated and i swooned but then after i swooned i said well come on guy use your words you you need say to use word. your words that it, it's important after how many years <laughs> how many years and i'm sorry you're an elf how many words do you use like so, so many, many. <laughs> Well, he's really, but he's really efficient with his words. He doesn't talk it's much at true. all. I will say for else. his character, they have set him up. He's he is the, the gray worm of the elves, he's for sure. The stoic and type. He's, I mean, this is, okay, this is nerdy, but, Get it, you know, he's not one of the Eldar. You know, Elrond and Galadriel and Gilgalad, they're all the Eldar. They're the high elves. He's one of Legolas's people. He's a wood elf. And Legolas wasn't super chatty. That doesn't mean he's made out of wood. He just lives in the woods. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying that. Um, (laughs) What you call it? Um, And I, Aaron Deer was my my favorite character for a couple of reasons. A in the show. Yes. Okay. A, I really dig the fact that they were like, we are going to remind you that there is racism in Tolkien. Yeah. You know. (laughs) <laughs> and we're going to actually put a black guy there and have him be, yeah. bear the brunt of it because that's the world we live in. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I, I mean, I practically applauded. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. His, um, yeah. Because I do get tired of seeing of them putting a white person in that role so that white people can see themselves as the white oppressed minority. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. like I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. you buying that? I'm not, you know. Um, <laughs> so I really loved that. But more than that, I love a hero who, you know, he pushes back against the humans. He's like, yeah, well, y'all uh, were pretty tight with Morgoth back in the day. and at the, But when the other elves say that shit, they were pretty tight with Morgoth back in the day. He's like, that was a long time ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he, it's clear that getting along and nicety and talking and all that stuff is not his strong suit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And this is a guy who feels a lot. Yeah. And the only reason he's talking to Bronwyn now is because he was just told, we are leaving. Bye. And it's like, so he goes back. He literally goes back to say, look, I got to tell you this, you know? And then, oh shit, that cow is, you know, shooting out black milk. So that's uh, not right. We can't. Uh... That was horrible. <laughs> also, was don't, horrible. Don't, yeah. don't hold horrible. it in your hand, the black shit. Don't, Ugh. don't. Yeah. I know you're elf, but. In, he, it's but coming no. out and it's still pouring. And he's like, hmm. And I'm like, yeah. no, you don't need to do this. It's wrong and bad. There's no Let's wash your hands. <laughs> but I'm always down for the character who is so serious about doing his duty. Mm-hmm. So serious about doing the big, de- about the, the big shit. But then like, oh, you guys have social mores against me dating this white girl. Sorry. You know, even though well, she's Well, and Orion, see, here's but, what I'm talking you know. about where like, it's, 
it's that vulnerability that he shows, even though he's mm -hmm. super stoic and he's super dedicated. Uh -huh. Oh, he his shows vulnerability, this vulnerability. His heart is on his sleeve. Mm -hmm. it's so yeah, awesome. and that's what makes me like him right away. It's what makes yeah. me like get into his character right away. And that's like uh -huh. to go back to what we were saying about Galadriel. That's what that's what I was looking for was that piece of yes. vulnerability. It's I, not a matter of like screaming your feelings out. It's no, a no, matter you're right. of just showing that you have something at stake here. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I think personally at stake here. Now, but I really bought Galadriel's need to finish what her brother started. I bought her love for her brother. I buy her, you know, I buy her feeling bereft. I loved that graveyard scene, that Elvish graveyard scene so much. I thought it was so cool. I thought it was visually stunning and also freaking, I loved her and her, like, we really dug into her character. She's like, do you really want to send me to a place where I will never change? stuck mm -hmm. with this feeling isn't yeah. that again, i was like i was like girl i buy that like, yeah yeah it's i don't know it's still just like this like i said it's like the tortured badass which uh -huh. it's still putting up too much of a wall i feel like between me the viewer mm -hmm. and her the character mm. well the thing that that just that it's, I struggle it's with. my yeah no no it's it, i mean because i feel I feel for Galadriel and with Galadriel. So mm -hmm. we're just, you know, we're just seeing it differently and we're just yeah. experiencing it differently. My, that's, my you know. The thing that I was thinking as I was watching it, I was like, you know, this is sort of like a zoomed out question in my own mind or um, I don't know. But I felt like, I mean, I could be so far off, but I felt like, they were wanting to give this this young version of Galadriel again, who's emblazoned with glorious purpose. <laughs> okay, that's clear, right? Right. We can get behind it. She's yeah. badass. Yeah. She's got this vision. She's older than all of these people, even now, and she's still the young version of herself. But I was like, are they afraid? Are the people, are the creators of the show afraid to give her like any sex appeal because they're wanting for the audience to maintain this perspective of her? Like, that's not what she's about. And if she, since she's a woman, if we give her any kind of like anything that could be, I mean, Galadriel in, in The Lord of the Rings is so feminine. Even well, though can... she's amazing and badass, right? I have comments on this. I have comments. Um, and I was thinking, like, and again, it's so early in the show, yeah. and it could change wildly yeah. throughout the course of the show. But I was even in her friendship with Elrond, I was like, I'm not expecting there to be romance or or anything like that here, but I'm like, there's nothing. And I'm wondering <laughs> if this is a choice that they were making so that they could really so that nobody was going to be like oh well she's just this little blah 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 or whatever does that make sense yes and let me lay some nerdiness on you bring it that might help i don't know claire and i, I assume claire knows this but i don't maybe she doesn't i don't know um galadriel is elrond's mother-in-law sure okay so he she is inevitably going to have a child that he marries Mm -hmm. you know and i sure. 
I think that the, what they're building to is not just a woman. Yeah. I think her arc is about becoming not just this wise woman, this mm-hmm. badass, powerful woman, but also becoming someone going someone who will have one day have a husband and a child. Mm-hmm. And like, so I think they're like, okay, so we need to start her for her. If she's going to be one of our really main characters, we need to start her far from that. Mm-hmm. And the whole point is to get her there. So 100%. that's kind of what I've, and and yep. I also feel then like it's like then maybe what it is I'm thinking maybe of the very beginning like the very opening sequence of her in Valinor as a child right yeah with this ship and she's already pissed yeah like even as a child she didn't seem to well, have much of any vulnerability she was and pissed because elves are dicks yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it was what I like, felt too. I just like I think <laughs> I'm just like through this conversation realizing where it's like I where I I feel like it it could have been put in there where it's like and then to see the difference of like maybe a more vulnerable child and a harder woman mm-hmm. um through the loss of her brother, through the loss of so much through all like through all of the shit that she's seen that I would be like oh so the journey is maybe getting back to Valinor is her journey back to like her like herself without all of the trauma you know what I mean Mm. yeah so just like like a glimpse of like what her shiny sparkly original self was yeah like a super joyful child I totally believe that I mean, because they, they've hinted this. Uh, so the, this is what it feels like they're setting up, you know, because Gilgalad didn't send her to the Undying Lands because he doesn't believe her. He sent her because he does believe her mm-hmm. and he has foreseen that she's going to cause some shit. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen. I think that Galadriel is going to have an epic fall. I oh, think yeah. that this mm-hmm. this strong, you know, bullheaded freaking, you know, I, I see the truth. I know what to do and I'm going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that is going to serve her ill. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's oh, part yeah. of her story. So I think she has to be the person who's going to fuck up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And don't get me wrong. If Gilgalad had fucking just told her, maybe that would have worked. Do you know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to deceive her. Well, I mean, her. sort of hoisted yeah. himself by his own petard on that one. Yeah. Well, and this yeah. happens oh, every time yeah. with, like, how many stories of the Oracle who sees the future and they're like, hey, yes, you're going to do this. And this person's like, I'm going to do everything but that. And then they wind up doing the exact The only yeah. time they nailed it. Through the all of their actions to try and keep it from happening, they just made it happen. Yeah. Whereas if they just were up front, maybe it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> well, I can foresee approximately 11 minutes into our future here and know that this episode is going to be coming to an end. So I'm going to turn to all of you for whatever brief hot takes you have. Um, My best hot take, I think, is that yay sexy elves in the <laughs> Southlands. I'm just there for that. Um, Very much. Whoever wants to go next. Um, uh, any other hot takes? This is a little inside hot take. Bet- maybe between Lisa and I. But in all of Galadriel's scenes, when she's really, when she's talking to anyone, all I kept hearing was her being like, I don't think you know me. 
like this is this is like, she is nacho friend she is nacho friend <laughs> and i listen i respect it um also i have to say i another hot take i adored her chainmail in the oh, yeah. snowy region and and her giving up her cloak like to warm whatever across her face mm-hmm. i thought was that, that was soldiers yeah. Yeah. Was soldiers yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah also soldiers I, were I'm, doing some hard work justin they were a bunch of nancys be nice to those soldiers <laughs> i'm gonna they toss were... my hat in the ring for the meteor man being gandalf <laughs> fair enough Oh, if we're doing that in our hot takes, I'm tossing my hat in the ring for it being Saruman. Okay. Ooh, I like that too. Any other hats in any of the other rings? No, I got no skin in this game. No, not that. Um, I also, I really love the MacGuffin of of Sauron's sigil. I I like that. I think it's cool. That's fun fantasy. That's some old D&D shit. That's good for me. And also, I loved... You know, uh, Bronwyn's son Theo finding the Morgul blade. That was cool. Yeah. That, that, that was, was cool. freaking wicked, and I'm ready for more about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Also, I hope that Aaron Deer's um, white dude partner, who's like, "Don't get me in trouble, man." Um, <laughs> I I think he's hilarious, and I hope we see more of him. <laughs> it's good to Especially see, some... if he takes your line readings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's good to have some comedic elven yeah. sidekicks. Yeah, that's new for us. Um, was I the only one who thought that the Sauron sigil is just the map of Mordor turned up? Like, usually it's going this way, but you turn it up and it's it looks like the map of Mordor to me. If that's the case, I wouldn't be surprised because unoriginal. <laughs> Wow, anyway, your sigil's a map of Mordor. Groundbreaking. Uh, Philip, bring us uh, home with uh, hot takes. Some hot takes. Uh, there yeah. were a lot of visual cues that I liked, like um, uh, Finrod's like sword picking up the broken boat out of the water, like this mm. this weapon that she relies on. Oh, the dirk. Or the yeah, knife the dirk, the dagger, yeah. the knife thing. I really liked that. Like there were a lot of visual cues that spoke to who these characters were and what the, I find like in great high fantasy weapons and, and items represent things. And I was yeah, really, absolutely. I was really getting yeah. that hardcore out of this and little moments like that, which I mean, is great. In Tolkien's um, world, they're named like their characters. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they have a, a sense of like history and personality right. almost. And uh, like Justin was saying, there was that specific line, uh, when are you when are you people gonna let the past go? I was like, oh shit, you're bringing the fire. <laughs> it's like you know, when the white, you know, when the white dude is like, hey, stop thinking of us like we're racists. I'm like, oh well, god, he stop talking up, like you're racist. He straight up says, you I know, people. I know he does. You, you know. It's like bonkers. I was like going for the throat. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Um, yeah. Oh, and, um. Uh, hot take. Did anyone notice the ends when the meteor was falling? Yes, yes absolutely. I, I love that shit. Yeah, yeah. I squealed. Um, baby, there were there were baby ants too. There was a big ant and then like a little oh, ant. An oh, and cute. there's there's a nice thematic thing, a couple lines in this episode that I'm sure we'll dig into later, but just as a hot take that I noticed it. Um it is hard to see what is right, and then later on it's echoed. Or at first, then how do we see what is right? And then later on it's echoed. Um, it is hard to see what is right. So there's this theme about not being able to recognize 
good from bad, especially when the bad can shine just as brightly in, in its reflection as the, mm. which I really, I really like that sort of popping up in yeah, this first episode. Definitely right? think we're going to be. Which is you a know, theme in Lord of the you Rings. I have touched on a theme. Sure. I think I may have. <laughs> All right. Um, well, we've come to our. That episode was one word descriptor or, you know, 12 words if you want to. That's just <laughs> how generous I'm feeling today. Um, this Kelly is a new Sue, Claire, that ep- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Sue, that episode was that episode was um was <laughs> <laughs> that your word? Just um that was um, if, yeah. for, for those funny. of you out there in the world who aren't watching Kelly Sue right now, that was a shrug. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Philip. Hmm. That, that episode uh, was. That episode was uh waterfall when they pan around that first mountaintop and you think you're at the top of the mountain, they pan to the right and you're like, Oh, there's a waterfall even higher. I was <laughs> like, I was gobsmacked. I was like, that's goddamn epic. Waterfall. I honestly thought this was going to be a TLC episode. I was, like, yeah, okay. I was like, I thought it was going to be like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, no, show creators, no. please stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. You know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Justin, that episode was way better than i feared it was going to be feared feared i had very low expectations i was yeah i really huh. was, did not come into this i was like oh they're gonna screw up my shit and <laughs> that was not nerve-wracking yes. yeah it is so and it might be why I, you know because some of you may have come to this with high expectations lord of the rings this is gonna be badass and i was like this is bezos of the rings i don't know and like i'm they Bezo to rule them have all. thus far <laughs> given me they've exceeded my expectations so yeah uh, excellent uh lisa um that episode was okay all right huh. and i'm just going to close this out with that episode was introductory <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it did accomplish that pretty excellent. middle of the road yes <laughs> um at the close of every episode, we like to leave you with an additional thought about things that you might like. We, uh, if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, Galadriel, sexy elves, I don't know what, um, maybe you'll like this thing. And I'm going to turn to Talisa today for a recommendation. Um, I don't know how original this recommendation is. <laughs> But like I said, while I was watching this episode, I was and I was like missing the sex appeal. Um, I kept going back. I kept on like, I just wanted to go back and play The Witcher again. <laughs> I knew it. I either wanted to play the game again or watch the show again. I, I, so The Witcher, any version of it that you want to partake in. Because if you like this shit, I don't see how you're not liking The Witcher. You probably already have played it or watched it, but there you go. If you on the off chance you haven't, just go go on in there. Go, it's go high fantasy, but with yeah. sex appeal. <laughs> take in some more sexiness. Now I'm thinking about Aragorn taking a bath the way Geralt takes baths. <laughs> there we go. So We're I'm going to end with that visual image in everyone's heads 
Until the next episode. Namadi. This has been a Popsicle Podcast production. This episode of the Popsicle Podcast is brought to you this month by HunterBlackComics.com. Hunter Black is the best damn hard-boiled fantasy webcomic on the internet. Just ask series creators Justin Peniston and William Orr. If Tarantino, Tolkien, and Tartakovsky made a webcomic, it might be half the two-fisted tale of blood-soaked revenge that Hunter Black is. Maybe. There's a new page every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and it's absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? HunterBlackComics.com, because you need a comic that'll kick your ass. Bravo. That, that was sounded, feeling. That sounded really good. I mean, okay. I'm happy with that. Me if too. Just, if Justin isn't, then he can fuck himself. I hope you send him that in the recording <laughs> of that ad. I'm going to. I'm going to. The fuck I, out of that. I, I think so. I think so.